There we go. <laughs> now we're recording. I went for about 20 minutes with no recording. I'm going, what's going on here? What's going on? Greetings, my friend. This is John Shuck. This is the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven. Today is a special edition. It's my Sunday prayer letter with your host, yours truly, Preacher John. God bless you, my dear friend. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that there will be something here in this show, in this episode, that you're able to use in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of your friends, and in the lives of people you haven't met yet. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, are you ready? I've asked that before. <laughs> We're going to ask it again. Are you ready? I am now recording on everything, not just half the show, but the whole show is being recorded now. We've got YouTube being uh, recorded. We've got uh, the podcast being recorded on GarageBand that I'll edit, edit a little later. And uh, I've got my Trader Joe's green tea. God bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And now that I've had to do this twice, I'm a little, really nervous. I wasn't too nervous the first time I uh, clicked the play button because uh, a lot of times when I hit that play button, everything changes. I don't know what it is, but uh, this is, uh, anyways, this is episode number 41 and it's titled Even the Wicked. It's based on Proverbs 16.4. And I'll read it to you in the King James Version. The Lord hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. Let me kind of move back just a moment here and say this is uh, April 4th. No, 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 no. It's April 5th, Sunday at uh, 2.45 p.m. here in Boulder, Colorado. And I just got back from a bicycle ride about 15 miles or so, 14, 15 miles. Took a shower, shaved, feels pretty good. And I felt led of the Lord to uh, record this show to, based on my letter I sent out this morning. Every Sunday, I sent out a, a letter, which I call a Sunday prayer letter. And uh, today, I'm using today's letter. And today is, we are in a global pandemic, COVID-19, and everyone is locked down. We've been in stay-at-home executive order here in the state of Colorado since March 26th at about 6 a.m. They initiated that, and it'll go till, uh, it was till the 11th, and now it's to the 30th of April. My plan, of course, I had to cancel all my outdoor preaching events, and uh, but I've been busy at home working and praying and uh, reading the Word and uh, got out today to do my uh, little, bit, little bit of cycling. Where my... Uh, uh, scarf. <laughs> I'll turn it around here, but I'll show you that I'm wearing my scarf. I don't have a regular mask on my face, but I do. I put my scarf on when I go out. Uh, I guess they say you need to do that, so that's what I'm doing. Praise God for that. And uh, but I'm not walking in fear. Yesterday, when I was in my prayer time, Saturday I take my day off and I I go into a, like a Sabbath under the Lord. It's like a rest I do. And this verse really jumped out at me. It wasn't the one I was studying, but it was the one that I had studied earlier in the week. I studied all of Proverbs chapter 16. But this one here, for some reason, I think is because the verse said that God made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. And I hear people say that, um, you know, God doesn't uh, do bad things. He doesn't, 
it's it's all the devil and God doesn't do anything bad. It's like, you know, like they're making like Satan is a creator. It really bothered me because Satan is not a creator. He's an angel that has fallen from grace and uh, he's real and heaven is real and heaven is real and Jesus is real and and God's not dead. I hear that on the streets every day. I preach six days a week and I've been preaching four hours a day, six days a week. But come May 1st, I'm going to, my plan, don't know if it's going to work or not, but my plan is to go out at 10.30 in the morning and stay out the entire day till 5.30, preach seven hours, uh, starting on Sunday, and go all the way through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, six days a week, seven hours. That'll give me 42 hours of preaching on the streets of Boulder, Colorado, and we'll see what happens. I plan to redeem the time that uh, Satan is stealing from me. Uh, and from everyone, actually, but uh, we all have to act accordingly the way we feel led. So let's just jump in the letter here, and with all that rambling going on, I don't edit any of these shows. I don't edit the video. I just record as I go along, and I make it as easy as possible on me. And um, so the title of my letter is Even the Wicked. And again, it's based on Proverbs 16.4 in the King James Version. I'll read it one more time. The Lord hath made... All things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So the letter goes on. Greetings, my dear friend. Okay, now where is John going in this one? It's a tough title to swallow. And is it for real? Does the Bible actually say this? Did God really create the wicked for the day of evil? Let's read and see what this is all about. Man, I am nervous. I apologize if I'm really stumbling and rambling around because I'm a little bit nervous on this show today. And I, again, I apologize. I actually challenge everyone to do their own video and their own podcast and just see what it's like because it's a, it's a little different than you would imagine. It's different on this end rather than the other end because I listen to shows too and it's different on that end than this end. <laughs> but uh, let's go on. This is going to be a long show, so please relax, my friend. So the next paragraph now that I've got your attention, my friend, and hopefully have opened your mind and spirit to take in some interesting and possibly new information, this is going to be a one-of-a-kind letter. Yeah, Preacher John's Sunday prayer letter. Ain't it great? Let's start by stating for all those who may be reading this at a later time, due to my sequential file system, because I write my letters every single Saturday and then place each one in this unique file system, all the Sunday prayer letters that I've ever written will be able to be read over time. The idea that I started with and the idea that I still maintain is that each letter builds upon the previous. This is simply an idea, not sure yet if it's going to actually work. I think time will tell if the prayer letters truly are sequential in nature and in spirit. Until then, we'll just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the first thing here is let's talk about this verse. Proverbs 16, 4, The Lord hath made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. So number one, the Lord hath made. By recognizing that it is God who created the heavens and the earth and all that is within them, we can know for sure that everything is God's creative ability, is by, is by God's creative ability and his own discretion. He's the boss, and there are none others, period. 
Number two, all things for himself. Here we can easily see the reason why God created. He created everything for himself, not for you, not for I, not for Satan or the angels, nor anything we can think of. Is that true? Yes. Number three, yay. I love this simple word says a lot more than we realize. It says that the word agrees with the word and with God the creator and together this agrees with the Godhead. The scripture is very clear about this word agree and is referred to throughout the Old and New Testament. It also records that God agrees with himself because there is no other authority higher than himself to agree with. And this, can, this is recorded uh, about the uh, covenant made with Abraham. He refers that uh, about his higher authority. And uh, they, that's why he could not make a covenant with Abraham because Abraham is a fallen soul. And so he made it with himself with Abraham asleep. It's an amazing story. It's a blood covenant that he made with Abraham. It's quite unique. Number four, even the wicked. God is including the evil in the world. This is, this um, will be my main topic as we go further into this letter. Uh, this also includes Lucifer, the devil, Satan. Number five, the last one, for the day of evil. I think we can see a small glimpse of why God created the wicked. But of course, it's not just for a specific day and time. It includes the day of judgment, and I think it may also include our day-to-day -day judgment our testing, our trials, or maybe even our tribulations that we encounter in our life. This is what may be called a test, or rather trying, as per recorded in James 1.3. Uh, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And that's in James uh, chapter 1, verse 3 in the King James Version. Let me take another sip of tea. Man, this is rough. But we'll get through it. Amen. As I write this letter, and as I speak it today, it was, uh, when I wrote it, it was Saturday, April 4th, 2020. The world is in a global pandemic. Uh, it's COVID-19. Something like 172 of the 259 countries are involved in this strange event, which I personally see as a test or trying of the Antichrist global system of control, still to be fully implemented, but getting closer year by year. Revelation is coming upon us. We are living the beginning stages. That's yeah, pretty amazing. I have a little disclaimer, and I'm going to put it on my show, I think, right here. The disclaimer is please note that the exact numbers are approximate, and my personal outlook and conclusion and prophecy is my own. Not sure if it's from the Spirit, okay? Just my own. Thank you. The key point of today's prayer letter is to bring up the notion that this pandemic could be a testing and a trial for our faith as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The question is, do we have faith in God or not? And I'm going to take a little sidebar here, and that really is why I wanted to write this letter. And that's really why every Christian needs to think about it for a moment. It says, okay, we are in a lockdown, basically, in many countries around the world. 
people are dying and, you know, the news media is making this really probably much, 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 much worse than it is. Reminds me a lot of 9-11, which also was a, not what people think it was. I'm not going to get into that. And I think this is not what it really is. I think it's something other than what it's being said it is. And I really believe that it is a testing or a trying of the Antichrist system. I mean, what else could could break everything politically, constitutionally, people, financially, businesses, individuals, families, houses, cities, every single strata of life, churches even. I remember I was listening to church people, preachers say, oh, I'm not going to close my doors. It's a separation of church and state. I'm never, you know, that's not right. We're going to keep on. We're not going to have fear. And I mean, it was just amazing. I said, yeah, right. Let me see you next Sunday. And sure enough, every single church that I went checking on a few weeks ago is all closed. They're all doing online service and not a soul in the congregation, just the worship team on the stage. And I thought, isn't that interesting? So what could bring, what could actually close churches? I mean, this is really something. So you can look at it two ways. The way I want to look at it, and I'm, I'm not reading from my letter, I'm just talking from my heart. The way I want to look at this is, as a believer, as a born-again, spirit-filled Christian, a child of God, do we truly have, truly have our trust in God? Or is our trust really actually in the world, in our job, our business, in our friends and our family, in our places where we live? Where is our trust? This is the test. We are being tested. And God is watching. God is recording. God is very alert. He knows exactly what's going on. He's not, a, he's not hiding from this. He's not in quarantine. I guarantee you, heaven is not quarantined. There is no stay-at-home order in, in heaven. Angels are still ascending and descending. The Spirit of God is still moving upon earth and in every hearts of every Christian. The Spirit of God is moving. And guess who else is moving? That's right. Satan and all the devils are still moving. They're not in quarantine either, other than those who were locked away for the day of evil. But as I go through, I just I spent 15 miles riding my bicycle, and as I was riding, riding this morning, I noticed that there wasn't hardly anyone out. When can, sometimes early Sunday mornings, there is just you know hundreds of people, not you know not a half a dozen or a dozen. It, uh, so people are in their homes. Uh, I am in my home, and I'm not on the street preaching, but will be soon. So let's get back to this letter. <laughs> Here are some key verses to consider. Romans 5, 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Romans 5, 4. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And I read all these verses from the King James uh, Bible, which is what you should be reading also. 
If that is not enough, my friend, here are some more. Three more. It's Matthew 5.10. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.11. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew 5.12. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Yes, I realize that these last three verses seem to not apply. However, this pandemic is nowhere near over, and all the persecution to the saints has not even begun. Because there are a lot of believers calling the COVID-19 for what it actually may be. Be alert, my friend. Be alert. And again, may I add some more? 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 27 in the KJV. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. At night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils of the si- in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and pace- painfulness in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Wow. That's not me. That was the Apostle Paul. That was the Apostle Paul. Man. Oh, man. I just have to add this one, well, verse 2. It's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yes and amen. You know, my friend, may the power of Christ rest upon you and me and all those we know in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And my friend, If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, just give Him a call. Just say, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Believe with your heart, with your mouth you speak. Get born again. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's our ticket. That's our way to heaven. That is the way to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Him. There is no other name under heaven that we may be saved. None other except Jesus Christ. Jesus is real, my friend. Jesus is real. And He wants to save you. So uh, if you've prayed that prayer, Jesus, if you're real, um, welcome to the family of God. <laughs> Praise God. You know, jump in the Bible, too. You can, you know, I always have people start with John 3, 16, the, kind of, the most famous verse in the entire world. And it says, for God so loved the world, that's you, my friend, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. 
So let's go on. Now that we have another believer in the family of God. If this COVID-19 is a trial or a tribulation of sorts, are we passing the test, the exam that many of us have not yet experienced or have never experienced? Do we as believers truly put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we as believers scared and frustrated with what is happening around us? Is God providing for us or are we as believers worried we won't have a paycheck or even die? If as believers we die, do we as believers have the assurance in our heart that we would go to heaven? Yeah, that's a big question. When you read this letter, please don't think that I'm simply rambling. No, I'm touching on a huge, huge, huge topic that cannot be included in this letter, on this show right now. The key point is trust in the Lord. The following are some verses that back this key point up. It's Psalm 37.3, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Jeremiah 17, verse 7, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always according in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Man, praise God. You know, if you don't get all these verses that go through the show and even on my letter, you can just, you know, scroll back through the letter or, you know, rewrite, uh, you know, listen to this show one more time if you need to or share the show with someone else or share this letter with someone. Just, you know, get the word out, you know, and I'll follow up with them. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I'm a full-time preacher. I'll sh- follow up with anybody who sends a, replies to the, the letter or replies to the podcast. I'm, I'm 100% available. Seven days a week. So in all my study of the Word of God, one book continues to rise above the other books of the Bible. Now this is figuratively speaking, no one book is greater than the other. Each of the 66 books of God's Word is His Word to us. Absolutely. Therefore, this one book is the last book of the New Testament prior to Revelation. It's called the General Epistle of Jude. J-U-D-E, Jude. And let me stop. Okay, that title is in the King James Bible. Let me stop. I looked up Jude, what Jude actually means. And the root meaning of Jude is to praise. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? To praise. Praise. Wow. Wow, that's... I love that. (laughs) I get excited just thinking about it. You know, as I... I'm thinking right now, I think I wrote last week's letter from the book of Jude. I am pretty sure I did. Uh, Pretty sure I did. Yeah. So go back and read that last letter, too. It's pretty good. I didn't do a podcast on it, but I uh, I did do a letter on it. It's a pretty good one, too. You know, I love this little uh, one-chapter book, the book of Jude, with just 25 verses. Have you ever thought or asked God, why is this the last book of the New Testament? I have. <laughs> I actually have. Some call Revelation a book by itself or the book that is not to be revealed as of yet and still further the book that is still being revealed or the one that has not yet been revealed or fulfilled. That's Revelation. That's the book after 
Jude. So this is the book just before Revelation, which is actually where we're living right now. <laughs> actually right now. I think most of us agree that Revelation is the most unique and peculiar book in the entire suite of 66 books. You know, I hear so often, read Proverbs chapter, one chapter a day. There are 31 Proverbs, one chapter a day. You know, personally, I hate that. I, you know, I've tried it. Yes, and I've done it myself. But it leads into making yourself wise unto yourself and not allowing the Holy Spirit any way into your heart because it's a, that's another story all to itself. I don't want to go there. But anyways, just be alert to that, okay? Be alert. Be alert to trying to elevate yourself to being a God. Just be alert to that. That is such a rampant teaching throughout the world, has been since day one, that you are a God. And that's not true. You know, that's why we needed Jesus Christ to save us. But uh, anyways, well, you know, that's tough words there. So this is what I'd rather hear preachers say. Read one verse a day from the book of Jude. <laughs> How about that? Because, you know, Jude's a lot different. It's not the book of Proverbs. And just one verse. Just one verse a day, six days a week, will give you more than you can realize. It really will, too. This is just six days a week, Sunday through Friday. Take Saturday off, the Sabbath. Four weeks a month is 24 verses, plus an extra work day is an easy 25 days a month of work and 25 days a month of Jude. In fact, as I'm writing this letter and speaking on the podcast, I too am going to do this starting on Sunday, today, tomorrow, or tomorrow on the letter, but today, today. <laughs> I like this because I've never heard this from anyone. I never have done it either. This could be something that the Holy Spirit wants all of us to do. I don't know. At least the people reading my Sunday prayer letters and maybe the ones listening to my podcast. And, um, you know, I did it. I, today was uh, the first day, so I wrote down. I took a, uh, a little business card. I tried to find some index cards, but couldn't find them, so I flipped over one of my business cards, my ministry cards, which is blank. At least these are. The other ones I use on the street aren't blank. So I wrote out... Uh, the first verse of Jude, and I've been reading it all throughout the day and uh, took it with me on my bike ride. And, I th it's, and when you take each verse, just don't read it. Read every single word deliberately. Deliberately. It's, because, and then stop. You know. Anyways, I, I don't want to go into teaching you how to read, but uh, let me just kind of go on with my letter here. You know, when we all read Jude, let's read with the Holy Spirit. Let's ask the Spirit of Truth to teach us God's Word. And let's ask the Comforter to remind us of all the scriptures that Jesus taught and referred to during his ministry on earth. When you think of the Holy Spirit, when you think of the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, that's all the Holy Spirit, okay, and the Spirit of God. I, in my letter here, I have a, it's an italic and it's kind of separated by itself because it's really important. And I have it in parentheses too. Before you start, please ask Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and to receive the sign, they shall speak with new tongues. That's Mark 1.8 and Mark 16, verse 17. Mark 1.8, Mark 16.17. New tongues does not mean in French or German or Spanish 
or whatever other known tongue or tongues are on earth or languages on earth. Tongue means language. <laughs> How stupid can people be? Stop listening to Satan. So what this is, is... Uh, boy, what happened to the rest of my verse here? Anyways, uh, I must have not... Oh, I put it in my other letter. How about that? Oh, well. <laughs> I've got two places for my letters, and this letter right in front of me on the sword church, it doesn't have the rest of it. Rest of it. <laughs> Interesting. But anyways, uh, so tongue is language, so we're not going to speak a French language or a German language or a Spanish language or any other language that's on earth because it says a new language, a new tongue. So the tongue we're going to speak is spirit language. Okay? Spirit language. And that's in Jude, verse 20. And uh, that's exactly what it says. That's referring specifically to the new language that each of us can receive. And it's not just for you or maybe not for you or maybe. No, God's gifts, this sign in particular in Mark 16, for every believer, every believer. And the believers are the ones that are children of God. All the believers are going to go to heaven. It's the believers, not the non-believer. And I don't care what your church has taught you. I don't care anything. It is what's, it's, it's just more important than you realize, Okay. I don't want to go any farther. So these are the, all the key scriptures talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm not adding something here that is not in God's Word, okay? Well, anyways, back to our letter here. Well, that sounds like fun to me, praise God. <laughs> maybe we should all write a book report, or rather a scripture report, and maybe tell others about what we are reading. Let's all reach out to people as we go through our day. I realize we are currently social distancing, unquote, unquote. But this will end. And there are a few different ways we can reach out, just like this letter, just like this podcast, just like this video that I'm doing right here, right now with you. So God bless you, my dear friend. I signed JC at the end of my letter. I have three verses, and it's on Jude chapter 1, verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these things, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Jude 17, but beloved, remember, ye are the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jude 20, but ye, ye being all of us, not just individually, it's all of us. Ye is all of us, it's plural. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is my Sunday prayer letter. It's written Saturday, April 4th, 2020 at 4.55 p.m. in Boulder, Colorado. Written by John Shuck. That's me, street preacher, church building, founding pastor, missionary. I can be found at my ministry website. It's John Shuck, J-O-H-N-C-H-O-Q-U-E dot org. That's J-O-H-N-C-H-O-Q-U-E dot org. There you go, my friend. God bless you, and hope you have a wonderful day in the Lord.